Thanks for checking out our teaching from this week. Our hope is that it will encourage you to take a next step in growing in your relationship with Jesus. Let's get to it. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfield. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you for watching online at home today. We start a brand new sermon series today called Joy to Your World. Uh, but before we jump into that, I want to invite you uh, to one of our four Christmas Eve services. Five of you count online church, but we have Christmas Eve services coming up December 23rd at 6 p.m. and then December 24th on actual Christmas Eve at 1.30, 3.00 and 4.30 p.m. I cannot wait to meet you here in person, also online on December 24th at 4.30. And so again, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that you can make it to one of our Christmas Eve services. Our commitment to you uh, is that if you come to Christmas Eve, you're going to have a good time. Uh, the people that come with you are going to hear the gospel and have a chance to respond to the gospel. And so, man, I cannot wait uh, for you to come and hear the good news about Jesus. And uh, we're going to celebrate all it is that God has done in our lives as a result of this baby Jesus being born. And so, and that really helps us to jumpstart our, our new sermon series, Joy to Your World. Uh, we're going to talk really all throughout the month of December from the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul wrote a little over a third of the New Testament, and he wrote in the book of Philippians about how to have joy. And I think that if there's ever been a time for us to talk about joy, it's really in the month of December. I think people struggle a lot. From, from the Thanksgiving holiday all the way uh, into the new year as a result of a lack of joy. And so uh, we're going to talk really about how you can have your cup full even in a broken world. And I think sometimes it's really easy with all the brokenness we see, with all the brokenness around us, for us uh, to not have a full cup. Uh, people come and, and steal stuff out of our cup. Uh, holes come in our cup and leak out uh, the joy that we can have. And I want you to know today uh, that God loves you, He's crazy about you, and no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, you can have joy, not as a result of your circumstances, but instead as a result of what God has done for you. And so, no matter where you're at on the spiritual journey today, my hope and my prayer for you as you hear this message is there's a really clear next step for you to take. And so, let's dive into this. I want to start by just saying this, Happiness is different than joy, all right? And so I want you to kind of, if you could kind of understand and agree with me, can you give me a thumbs up? You think about things that make you happy, uh, it's different than things that bring you joy. So happiness is short-term. Happiness is like having bacon for breakfast, right? Like that's something that can pretty much make anybody happy, right? Like if bacon doesn't make you happy, I'm not sure if I can help you, right? But happiness is a reaction to external circumstances. So you may have... Uh, throughout the month of December, short-term periods of happiness as a result of good things happening to you. And so whether you're going to brunch and having bacon or whether you're at a white elephant gift party and you, you got the thing that you wanted, uh, whether it was someone who affirmed you that you wanted to affirm you, that brings you short-term happiness. But joy is something separate than that. Joy is a reaction to internal circumstances. So happiness is all about what's happening externally. Joy is something that's happening inside of your heart as a result of what God has done for you. Joy is what starts happiness. And so if you really want long-lasting happiness beyond just your circumstances, you have to look within and go, man, where is my source of joy? Joy, again, is internal conditions. What is going on internally inside of you? And the health of a person, the spiritual health, the emotional health, the physical health of a person helps us to understand that we can be people of joy. So I want to talk to you this morning uh, really about three truths that create joy. And the first truth is this, is that we don't belong to ourselves. That's the reality today, is that you and I 
don't belong to ourselves. The sooner we get to a place where we recognize that our lives are not about us, the more full of joy that we can be. Happiness really is us looking externally, making our lives about us. And so someone says the right thing about you, right? Uh, you get the promotion. Uh, you, uh, you impress the right kinds of people. You do the right kinds of things. You get the right kind of people clapping for you. And that is happiness. But what joy really is, is you coming to the end of yourself and recognizing that you don't belong to you. And Paul understood this, not always, but after Paul comes to conversion, after he comes to faith in Jesus Christ and makes Jesus the Lord, the master, the commander of his life, uh, we see that Paul actually identifies himself as a person that doesn't belong to himself. Look at this in Philippians, I know that's a weird statement, but look at this in Philippians 1 verse 1. He starts this letter uh, to, to this church that he had a great amount of endearment to. Uh, this was the last letter that Paul would write to a church. And so that's really important to keep in mind. So the Bible uh, is made up of, of 66 different books. Uh, in the New Testament, many of them are considered to be letters or epistles to the church. And Paul writes the book of Philippians. It's the last book of the Bible that he writes to an actual church. He would later go on to write First and Second Timothy, uh, and he would later go on to write the book of Titus, but those were written to individuals. So we know that Paul had an endearment to uh, the church in Philippi. And so he mentions this to them about where their source of joy should come from. And interestingly enough, he writes this from a prison cell. So again, happiness would tell you there is no happiness that you could find in a prison cell. That's what happiness would say. But joy would say, no matter what your circumstances are, it comes from something inside of you, not something externally. And so Philippians 1.1 says, this is a letter from Paul, and Timothy. So, so Paul's saying, I'm writing this with uh, my son in the Lord, Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. What he's saying here is, I don't belong to me. See, you and I, if you are a follower of Christ today, if you would consider yourself a Christian, what you have done is this, whether you know, know it or not, what you have done and what you've declared is, is that I don't belong to myself anymore. I have given up my rights from my own ownership, and instead, uh, I am completely dependent on my Lord Jesus. And so I take on what he gives me. I am a slave uh, to Jesus Christ. And so what we're no longer slaves to, though, is sin. Paul later goes on to write in Romans, now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. So we're no longer a slave to our sin. So uh, I'm no longer a slave to my money. Right? I'm no longer a slave to my addictions. Right? I'm no longer a slave to my circumstances. Like I'm no longer a slave to any of that. Instead, now I am a slave to righteous living, to living the way that God desires for me to live. And my hope today is that you're not a slave to your old sinful nature, but instead you're a slave to Jesus and, and the way that he wants you to live your life. And so the first truth here is really us coming to the realization that, man, I don't belong to myself. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. And you'll never have joy, long-lasting joy, as long as your life is about you. Truth number two is this, that God, God does something new in those who belong to him. Don't you love that? I love new things, right? Whether it's a new pair of shoes, a new car, uh, you know, new things are great, right? But Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this about God. And I am certain that God who began 
The good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the new day when Christ Jesus returns. So he goes on to write here in verse 6 of this opening letter uh, to the book of Phil- to the church of Phil- a church at Philippi that listen God created something in you. He started something in you and he's not going to he's not going to leave it unfinished. So when it comes to our joy, just know this that we are in this lifelong process of finding lasting joy. And it's never going to come from our circumstances. What it comes from, it comes from this good work that God is doing in you. And he's not going to leave this good work unfinished. Recently, I got into woodworking. And uh, it's been a fun little like side project thing. I, I do it on Saturdays with a friend of mine. And I'm building a bookshelf. And it seems like it's taking a while. But what's interesting is, is, is I'm taking this raw material that, uh, that I purchased at Lowe's and I'm taking this raw material and I'm, I'm building something with it. And it's not going to be unfinished. Like it's going to eventually be wrapped up. I think even in fact, this weekend is the weekend that we're going to finish this bookshelf and then I'll paint it and then it'll go in my basement. I'm going to put books on it. It's going to be great. But this work of building a bookshelf will eventually be finished. And what I want you to know today is this, is that God is doing something in you and he's not going to leave it incomplete. He's building something in you and it's not it's not external things. It's something that he's building inside of you. And if I'm pursuing him, and, he, and I recognize that he's pursuing me, it changes everything. God loves to take something, a, a new life, and change it from the inside out. And that's not about my circumstances. 2 Corinthians 5 or 17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Man, God specializes in taking someone's old life and making it new. And so that's truth number two, is that God does something new in those who belong to Him. My question today, today, today for you is this. Do you really belong to Him? Like, Have you really given Him ownership of your life? Because if you haven't experienced this new life, then maybe you haven't. Or maybe it's been a long time since you said, God, you are the Lord of my life. You are the master of my life. You are the CEO of my life. And what I want you to know is there should be something new in your life as a result of that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is perfect or all put together, but you can come back to a time in your life where you recognize that, man, God is doing something new in me. And so that's, that leads us to truth number three, is that God uses everything for something better. So everything that happens in our lives, God is using it for something better in our lives. And personally, I've experienced this recently in my own life. And man, it's, it's amazing uh, now that I'm kind of stepping back uh, that I can actually see the trees from the forest a little bit. I can actually, I'm actually beginning to see glimpses and glimmers of what, of what it is that God is actually up to. But in the middle of the crisis sometimes, in the middle of the difficulty that we're walking through, it's really hard to see how God is going to use this for His glory and for our good. But God does this in all circumstances in our lives. And so let's look at this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. If you're thinking today, there is no way that God could use something in my life for something better because of all of the stuff that I've ever done. And what I want you to know is Paul, throughout his writings, talked about his old life. Uh, his old life, I don't, I don't, you may think that you've done some really bad things, but did you ever make a living from killing Christians? Because Paul did that, okay? So you may think there's no way God could use me because of my past. There's no way God could ever forgive me. There's no way I could ever have intimacy with God. And I want you to know you can. Uh, because throughout the entire Old and New Testament, 
It's full of stories of broken people uh, that God restores and makes new. Look at this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. This is one of the instances where Paul talks about his old life. But God has mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. So Paul is saying, I am an example of some of the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul was saying this, my life is an example of just what it is that God can do. And so do not dismiss yourself. The prerequisite for you needing a relationship with God is the fact that you're broken. So if you had it all together, if you were perfect, you wouldn't need Jesus. And that's the good news. That's why you and I can have this great, immense amount of joy. It's because you didn't have to get your act together to come to God. God loved you just the way that you were. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Now, God doesn't cause everything, but He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love, of, of those, those who love Him. And so the, the great truth here is that God uses everything for something better. And He's going to do it for a couple of reasons. He's going to do it, I said this earlier, He's going to do it for His glory, and He's going to do it for your good. And a lot of times in the circumstances that we're in, when we're unhappy, it's really hard for us to see how, how it is that we're ever going to be happy again. I'm going to tell you a hard truth today, and that hard truth is this, is that God doesn't want you to be happy. God wants you to have joy. And so that's what we see Paul talking about over and over and over again here in the book of Philippians. God uses everything for something better in our life. So what is it that really matters in life? Like, how is it, what is the real source of my joy? Well, he exposes this in verses 9 through 11. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. So that's really important. So he's, he's got a prayer here to this church that he really cared about, this group of people that he really held dearly. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Then in verse 11, may you always be filled with the fruit of salvation, the righteous character pro uh, produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise. What is the source of all of this? The source of true joy is the life of Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's about what he's done for me. So what really matters? Paul kind of highlights a few things in that last verse we looked at. That we love people more and more. That because of our time spent with God, because of our intimacy with God, we become more like him. I can't love God and not love people. So if I love God, the byproduct of that love is joy, and the overflow of that joy is me loving other people. And I know that it's really difficult to love people in holiday traffic, right? Or at a checkout line, whenever you feel like you're going to die at a checkout line. Recently, I was at five and below with my daughter, and um, it, holiday shopping had already ramped up. Halloween was over, and Christmas stuff was everywhere at Five and Below. Now, what I learned about Five and Below is this. It's an awful store. That's what I found out, right? And you can laugh a little bit. If you've ever been to Five and Below on Highway K, you know what I'm talking about. It's basically a dollar store on steroids. There is more junk in Five and Below than anywhere else on earth, I think. Like, none of this stuff is ever going to last a month that you buy at Five and Below. But I went, 
took my 12-year-old daughter, Allie, and we had a good time at Five and Below. But as we're checking out at Five and Below, I thought I was going to die. Uh, not from somebody um, killing me, but or uh, not, not from... Um, anything other than just this. I thought I was going to die of old age. Like I never thought that I was going to get out of this store uh, because there was only one person in front of us in line, but the two checkout people were taking forever to check these two people out. And I just thought, man, there's no way we're ever going to make it out of here. And I found myself losing patience. And that was the first moment during this holiday season for me that I recognized, man, there's something broken inside of me that I can't just wait. I think sometimes during the holiday season, we have all these expectations that our life is going to be easy, that we're never going to have to wait in line, uh, that people aren't going to cut us off in traffic, that we're not going to have a bad day, that people aren't uh, going to talk uh, against us. And what, what we have to know is this. We're going to be misunderstood during the holiday season. Just know that, right? You're going to sit in some traffic. That's going to happen, right? Um, packages may not come on time. Things may not work out. But here's what I want you to know. You can still have joy, right? Happiness is all about my circumstances. Uh, but in order for me to love more and more, I have to grow uh, in, in, what, in what we know about Christ. And what I know about Christ is, is that he was long-suffering. What I know about Christ is he walked in humility. What I know about Christ is he forgave other people. What I know about Christ is he suffered. And so let's stop believing that we're going to live a simple life through the whole month of December. I want you to know that's not achievable, right? Instead, take on the hard attitude of joy that, man, I can find joy not in my external circumstances, but what's going on inside of my heart. And then that you and I would live a life with understanding, understanding more of who God is and less of who we used to be. And so there's some thieves of joy that I want to highlight. He actually talks about this. We're talking next week about Philippians chapter two. The thieves of joy are, are like things like jealousy and rivalry. Like we get jealous of others. And I think, I think the holiday season is a really difficult time because we look at other people's lives on Instagram and Facebook and we think, man, if I just had their life, almost like it's like a Lexus commercial, if people pull up with a bow tie on a car and you're like, man, I'd love a new car, right? Or I, I'd love for my spouse to look at me like that. Or uh, I, I would love to have kids like that or a dog like that or whatever, or a cat like that. You don't need a cat. I'm just telling you, like, don't, you don't, they're weird. But we oftentimes get jealous and have rivalries against people. And that's a thief of joy. You will never have joy if you are consistently looking at other people and wishing that you had what they had and also creating little rivalries that aren't even real in your own heart about them. And then it's also the stuff that people do to us. That's a thief of joy. And I want you to know you can't control what other people do to you. You can't control how they treat you, but you can control how you respond to how they treat you. And how you respond has everything to say about what it is, where your heart is centered on. Is your heart centered on happiness or is it centered on joy? And I hope that your heart is centered on joy. So if you follow Jesus, you have three really quick advantages. First of all, if I follow Jesus, I have him. So I have Jesus. If I follow Jesus, I'm going to have suffering. Like count on it. You and I are going to suffer. Not every day is going to be unicorns jumping over rainbows, pooping out Skittles. Like it's not always going to be great. Just know that, okay? You're going to have suffering. But we also have each other. And I, we, get this from, we get these three things from Philippians chapter 1, verses 29 through 30. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ. So we have Christ. We trust in him. We said that earlier. That's the first thing. If I follow Jesus, I have Jesus, which is really awesome. The privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. This is crazy that Paul would write this. And again, 
He writes it from a prison cell. So it's not like he's writing this from a Starbucks somewhere. He's not writing this on a beach. Uh, so just understand that he's writing this as he suffers. And so he's saying this, you have Christ, but listen, because you have Christ, you also have the privilege of suffering with him, of suffering for him. If you think that your life should be easy, then just look at the person of Jesus Christ and ask yourself this question, was his life easy? If he is the one that you and I are supposed to look to, then we can all recognize that, man, we were never promised an easy life, that you and I were going to suffer. And so let's stop thinking that our life is going to be easy. And then we're in this struggle together. Paul goes on to say that we don't have to do this alone. And that's why it's really important for you to join and be a part of a body of Christ somewhere. Like, I love that you're watching online today, but my hope and my prayer for you is that you are walking through life with other people that are walking through life with Jesus. And that really happens in the context of a local church. And if you need a good church, uh, and you're maybe, maybe you're living outside of St. Charles County, man, feel free to email me, free feel to contact me. All my contact information is on our website. I would love uh, to be able to point you in the direction of a really solid church somewhere. But if you live in St. Charles County or, or somewhere near here, dude, I want to really encourage you to show up at one of our three normal Sunday morning service times, 8.30, 9.45, and 11. And the reason why I think that's so important is that you and I are in this thing together. And sometimes whenever we isolate ourselves, we think that we're the only one going through struggles. And I want you to know, no matter how perfect someone's life looks, no matter, no matter how great the Instagram filters are, no matter how great the Facebook posts are, I want you to know we all have struggles. We're all in this together. And he goes on to say, you've seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still here, uh, that I am still in the midst of the struggle. So here's the thing. Paul's even saying himself, listen, I have struggles and, and you will have struggles and we're still here. We're still in the midst of those things. So I always like to close a sermon with some next steps. So here's some really clear next steps for you to consider and pray about. The first one is this, is that you would choose to live for more than happiness. I told you earlier, your life is not about you. When I make it about me, I'm living for my own short-term happiness. I want my own heart to be fulfilled. The second thing is, is I got to remember who it is that I belong to, that I don't belong to myself. I belong to Christ, that I, that I identify just like Paul identifies, that it's him that owns me. And so if it's him that owns me, then I go where he wants me to go and I do what he wants me to do. And then I also just need to simply accept this, that life is hard. December is a good month to think, man, what is my next step? This month, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so instead of making it about us, what if instead we made it about Him? My hope this Christmas season is that you would find joy, that it would be beyond just happiness, but that joy would enter into your own personal world, and that you would take one of these next steps and say, you know what, I'm not going to make this about me anymore. Can I pray for you, friends? As you're watching, thank you so much. It says a ton about where you're at spiritually, the fact that you made it to this part of the video. And I just, I just want to pray for you right now. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Unless, of course, you're driving, don't do that. Let's pray together. And my prayer is that you have the courage to know the next step, but to actually take it. Let's pray. God, I thank you for my friends. I pray for each of us today. God, that you'd help us to see that our lives don't belong to us. God, that you'd help us to understand when it comes to our next steps, God, that we got to remember that, that we belong to you and not ourselves. And God, that you would help every one of us to accept today that this life is not about us, uh, that it's really about you. And God, I pray that you would help us to look internally, not externally, when it comes to our joy. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all this.
Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services, which meet at 8.30, 9.45, or 11. If you feel inclined to give, you can do so by visiting our website at graceriver.cc. Have a great week, and we hope to see you soon.